I, I want to talk to you from this subject, changed heart. You know, that should be your objective when you come to the house of the Lord is to be changed. Being a Christian is not an event. It's a lifestyle. Some people live for the moment, but not for a forever change. Because they're event people. They come to the event. But I will tell you, when your heart is changed, that means your life will change. Living not by what we deem to be successful, but live according to God's word. Living with a pure heart of love toward God and doing the best that we can. Those are the people that have a desire to have a changed heart. Seeking truth. Seeking truth that changes our lifestyle ought to be our objective. Listen, what I'm saying at this point is that none of us are excluded from this. Some of you have been in the church a long time and you think I'm not preaching to you. But I'm probably preaching more to you than I am everybody else. See, because seeking a truth is what we ought to be doing. A truth that will remove prejudice and hate. A truth that reaches across the aisle with hands of love to all ethnicities. We are a multicultural church. We don't believe in segregation. We don't believe that you should look across to someone that has less in their bank account than what you have. Oh, I'm already beating that devil down. Because this is not for just North America. But this is for all nations that are willing to come under God to which America once was. It also reaches into all religions. I need to qualify that and say that some people look and believe just because they are not of our religious origin that we have the right to judge them or to put them down or talk about them. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus loves them as much as he loves you. And for that to be said, it's, it's a simple truth that shatters cultures and traditions because it changes us into something that we would not by nature be. By nature, because of your fallen nature, you're a very judgmental people because that's what sin does. You've heard me say, I will say again, that you don't have to teach your children to do wrong. It's their nature to do wrong.
think it's interesting. One preacher said, I didn't have to teach my child to go hit his sister because he's been so good. I have to teach my son, don't hit your sister. Because there is a penalty. Well, I could talk about that now. Nobody seems to own their own actions anymore because there's no penalty. There's no correction. There's no discipline. There's, there's people that just let, let their children go out on the street and don't have any curfew. They can hang around with any kind of friends they want to hang around. You want to know why our nation is the way it is? It's because we have not had the discipline in the home. And we've got this ideology that if our kids keep doing wrong, ignore them and eventually uh, they'll change. That's not true. You don't ignore wrong just as well as you don't ignore doing right. Amen. It's a simple truth that shatters the cultures and traditions that we have created. And all of this that I'm talking about is driven by the Spirit of God. I cannot change unless the Spirit dwelleth in me and the Spirit changes me. Oh, yeah. But some people only come because of the event. Event-driven people look just like Spirit-driven people. Here we go. Event-driven people love Christian music just like Spirit-driven people. But the difference is event-driven people measure the music only on the basis of how professional it sounds. Not on how anointed it is. So you can come here today and say, well, uh, they're, they're, they're not up to par. Be careful. Because you're looking for professionalism. When you should come to the house of God looking for anointing. They come to church and look at how many are in the crowd. And not the opportunity of souls that can be saved. Event-driven people. Event-driven people want to know what are the perks their offering and tithing will get them for coming to church. Rather than find pleasure in being obedient to God. Oh, I'm going to make it very clear. Because you can look on the outside of people and never know the difference. Because they all look alike. They come for entertainment. They come to find maybe a hookup. I can come to church and find me a guy or a girl that hasn't been around the block 400 times. They look just like someone who has pure motives, but they come with great deception. That's why I've said your kids don't need to just be running around with kids just because they come to church. You need to know who they are and what they stand for and what are their beliefs and what are their convictions and what is their passion and where is their heart. Yeah. They look just like someone who has a pure motive, but they come with great deception. Uh, they, they, they are proficient at being a church illusionist. Uh, 
hiding who they really are. I'm going to talk to you today. Disguising what they want and want to show you what they want to show you rather than what they want to show you what they want you to think they are. There, I got it. They just want to show you what they want you to think they are rather than what they really are. Let me tell you that all angels looked alike, but there was a Lucifer among them. There was 12 disciples, but there was a Judas in there. Oh, yeah, I'm talking. Lucifer wasn't just like all angels. In fact, Lucifer had greater beauty than all the other angels. Yeah. Don't measure truth just on the basis of what they look like. In fact, it says in Matthew 7, 15, Jesus says, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly there are ravening wolves. Everybody say wolves. And then he says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? He says, you shall know them by their fruits. The best way to know if it's not a sheep is sheep don't eat sheep. Wolves do, but sheep don't. I'm going to preach to you the difference between people that only come to the event were those that come for the anointing and the change. Oh, I want to break the back of the spirit of this age in this church so that we don't become a people that look across town or look across the aisle or try to compare to somebody else and see someone driving a new car so we go out and get ourselves in debt to buy a new car and then we, we want to stay up with all the others that have more money than us. Come on, let's get real. The Lord is not looking at any of that. He wants a people that come to the house of God and say, God, I need a change in my life. I want you to come and put a new heart within me. Praise God. Because it says here, many will come. To me in that day, in the 22nd verse, it says, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In other words, didn't we do things that looked like it? And in thy name cast out devils, didn't we do things that looked like it? And in my name done many wonderful works. Didn't we do things that look like it? I'm going to show you this scripture is showing us that they were among the people that did the work. And so they associated themselves with the work. But was never the ones that did the work. It's like going fishing. Everybody catches a fish but you. And by the time you get home, you say, yeah, we caught 20 fish. We? Who's we in there? You might have caught the bait with a net. We, we, we. 
Somewhere you got to understand that this is a responsibility on the individual. Be careful with what it looks like. Because there's going to be prophets in our day that are going to look like they preach the truth. But if you don't know the truth, and if you don't have the heart of truth, and if you don't have the heart of change, I'm going to tell you, you will never know the difference between those that are event-driven to those who are spirit-filled. we got to get a move of God in our churches unlike before, where when we come to the house of God, we can Try, try the spirits and see whether they be of the Lord or not. Amen. I don't just want to go to church to show up and listen to the entertainment. I don't want to just be here to listen to the I want to get into the place where I can have an encounter with the Lord and that I'm willing to say, God, change me, change me. My heart is not right. I need you to change me. Mm. he says many will say to me in that day Lord Lord have we not cast out devils or prophesied in thy name and cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works just because you say you have Jesus and just because you have Jesus name on your lips that's why we got to be careful the devil believes in the name. Hmm. More so than most people. And he trembles in the name of Jesus Christ. The question is, be careful what you look at, and the question is, is, is truth in it? Are they sheep or are they wolves? Event-driven or forever-changed people. Forever-changed people. God, I want to be forever-changed. Because the Spirit is not, listen to me very carefully, the Spirit is not event or not an event. The Spirit is a lifestyle. You don't come to church just because you like it. That's why we can't get people out of bed come to electives at 10 o'clock. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I'm going to tell you, the reason why we can't is because everybody wants to come to the event rather than come to learn. The Spirit is not an event. It's a lifestyle. You don't come to church because you like it. You come to church because it changes you. That's why you come to church. If, if you think you're okay, you won't show up. If you don't think you need church, you'll go out and do fishing on Sunday. You'll go to the mountains and, 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 and camp the weekends. But when you really believe that you are not what you should be, nor will you ever be what you should be, that you're always going to fall below the line, that you must continually and always strive. If you ever get to the place where you believe you have arrived, you will no longer desire a change in your life. But every time you come to the house of God, I'm, not, I'm talking to you, if you've been in the church for 50 years, if you've been in the church 30 years, or if you've only been in the church two weeks, every single one of us need to say, God, I know there's something in my life that is not right, and I want to go to church for the fact that I know you will change me. Ah, am I speaking to anybody today? We don't come to church because we like it. 
Come to church because it changes us. Come to church because it changes my life. We have a lot of events here. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down a little bit, a little different direction here. We, we have events here in this church. How many of you will agree we have a lot of events, like, like small group events, Friends Connect is an event, concerts that we have are events, conferences are events, we have youth events, we have Sunday school events, we have Easter Christmas drama and program events. But the real question is, for the people of God, for the people of God and the children of God, are you being entertained or are you being changed? Now, we're not doing this to entertain you. Even though when a sinner walks in the door, it may entertain them, but we hope it's only for a season. But at some point, you have to grow beyond that season and say, okay, God, I'm not going to church just because I'm being entertained. We have to bait the hook. But you're already in the boat. The sinner is what we're trying to entertain. So that when we get them on the hook, we can eventually get them in the boat. Ah, you're not hearing me. What I'm preaching is that you and I should always understand that church is not to entertain me. But church is to change me. And when I am forever changed, I can do a work in the field and draw people into this great truth. So that they can have a relationship with God like I have. He changed me. He changed my heart. Therefore, I have a desire to see others changed in the likeness of Christ. Mm. Can I preach on? See, because if we ever become a church or you as an individual, I will tell you events create competition. As a church or an individual, if we succeed with an event, we have the need to top the last event. Oh, we got to do better. We can be more professional. Man, we got to really, really tighten it up. We got, no, I, I, you've heard me say, I would rather have someone up here with anointing that can't carry a tune in a bucket than people up here that are full of dead man's bones. Mmm. Events create competition. And if we succeed with one event, we have the need to top the last event. It competes with itself. Now, I want to make sure that I qualify what I'm preaching. I am not telling you that we don't strive for excellence. I think we ought to always do better and have a striving for better. But when you get to the point where you get better and better and better at what you do, it has a tendency to remove God little by little out of your life because you start landing on your own abilities rather than trusting in the Spirit. It removes God. When we become competitive, it removes God. It removes God. If we succeed, we have a need to top the last event and it competes with itself. And it, it also competes with others. And that moves God out. Listen to me very clearly today. As a pastor, I don't want to just draw a crowd. It's a little thin today. I know it's summer. 
was a little thin. But I don't believe that there's something to be discouraged over. Why is that? Because I believe God has ordained this crowd for this moment, for a call of destiny that will put us on a road that those that may not be here will never find. Why am I saying that? Because I believe God has put you here for a specific reason. And I trust God that he knows better than I know. So I'm not worried about the crowd. I'm more worried about the change in the lives of people. I'm not going to compete with others. I'm not going to compete with churches across town. Now, I have listened to a few churches across town. But I'm not going to say, okay, well, we got to do better than they. What I ought to say is, God, I pray that you give them an anointing. And that, God, we are in the field together, working the same field. And, God, I want, I want to see souls saved. We ought to be praying for them, saying, God, I want them to be better. I want them to be more anointed. God, I want you to use them as an instrument and tool in your hand. God, I want you, I want you to show up in their services. And if they have a bigger crowd than me and this church and us, I'm glad because I know they're reaching a harvest that we're not reaching. Amen. They need to reach the souls on their side of town. And maybe there's going to be some people that drive past our church and go to their church. I glory in the presence of God. God knowing that those people are going to a place where they could be saved. We don't want to draw a crowd, but we want to draw the Spirit because the Spirit is what changes us. I'm preaching my heart today. I want you to feel what I feel. I want you to know while I was in that office that what burden I have to see a move of God, not just in this local assembly, but the churches that surround us. I want to see Baptist Church get the revelation. I want to see Presbyterian Church get the revelation. I even want some of our Pentecostal churches to get the revelation. And I want to see this church get the revelation of what I'm preaching. We're not going to stand behind this pulpit and criticize denominations that are not of us. That's why I say to every one of our ministers, don't you get up here and talk down about other religions. Don't do it. Don't do it. You, 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 need, to, you need to know that those people are possibly even coming into the truth. Or some of them already have a truth and don't even know that there's others that believe the same way they, have, they do. I better get off that. But Ezekiel is talking to us in this verse, in Ezekiel 36, 26. He says, a new heart, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and will give you an heart of flesh. Notice, it says, flesh. We many times pray, God, take all of the fleshly desires away from me. But I'm going to clar uh, clarify that for you. The first thing we need to understand is the stone represented a heart that cannot feel. They come to church day in, day out. They're callous. They're, they have a hard heart. It's a, called a stony heart. But the heart of flesh is a heart that can feel. 
It has emotion. So he's saying to feel God is to step toward a change in your heart. And so I believe God is saying, I want you to feel me. That's why when you come to a church service where the anointing and the presence of God is, people will say, I have never felt anything like that before. Why is that? I'll tell you, it's because the people are changed. It's not just a preacher standing up here with words and intellect and ability and oratory speaking to you, but rather it is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. God says, I want you to feel me. I want you to feel me. I'm going to tell you today, Brother Wilson, I felt the Spirit of God in this place. I see some of our new singers up here. Oh, my God. The anointing that was spilling from their lips as they were singing those songs. I, I was just, I was like, man, if nobody's being ministered today, I'm being ministered to. I, I felt the anointing. felt, 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 felt the anointing of God. I'm glad I don't just come to church and just have the spirit and the heart of the stony flesh. The heart of flesh. I, I'm glad that, that I'm feeling and loving the presence of God. I'm feeling Him. I'm feeling Him. I'm feeling Him. Amen. It's not all to God is feeling, but, but, but it's a good start. It's a good start. When we have altar calls, 99.9% of people who come up to the altar is because they feel something. Like they want to change. They feel. They haven't changed yet, but they start with the change. And so they come up and say, man, I feel something. I feel something. And when you come down, a lot of times, many of you are repenting. Some of you are thanking the Lord. Some of you are just lifting him up because he's God all by himself. And you're going through a trial, but you still know you need to change. And you come down for various reasons. But all of it starts when you are in your chair and you feel something that's pulling at your heart. Thank God he don't take that away. I know many times we pray against our flesh, but sometimes we need to know that God's going to put something in your flesh that's going to cause you to have a desire to love Him and to be changed by Him. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4.11 says this. I want to pause for a moment and tell you this point that I want to make is you will speak from a new heart. That's what he's telling you. I'll put a new heart in you. He says, a new heart also will I give you in Ezekiel 36, 26. And he says, a new spirit. And when you get that spirit, you're going to speak from a new spirit. And from a new heart, you will speak. And Philippians 4.11 says this, not that I speak in respect of want. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, I'm not going to just speak to what I want. God has already blessed me. But I always seem to come to the presence of God saying, I want this and I want that. God give me this and God give me that. And he says, I'm going to quit speaking in respect of what I want. For I've learned that what sort of state I'm in. If I'm going through a trial, if I'm trying my best to get up this next mountain, 
If I don't have hardly any money or I've just lost my job, God, I'm going to be content right here. Doesn't mean you're not going to be motivated to get out of it. But you're going to say, God, you know right where I'm at. And I'm not going to try to crawl out of this hole on my own desires and wants. But God, I'm going to trust in you where I'm at. Some of you need to hear your pastor right now because you're trying to figure things out. And the more you try to figure it out, the more discouraged you become. And when you get discouraged, you're being discouraged on the basis of what you want. But not on the basis of God's will. And if you're not careful, you'll question God because you have a perception of what you think he should do. Rather than believe that in faith God has us all under control. We walk. Not by flesh, but by the Spirit. Some of you have come to me recently and said, Pastor, we're going through it. My heart goes out to you. And I can't give you an answer as to your resolve. But I will say this. I don't have a specific answer. But Jesus is your answer. If you will hold on and trust in God, you might just lose that job. You don't like hearing this kind of preaching. But he's setting you up. Man, my kids, I've got four kids and it feels like i got a hundred. I got seven grandbabies. And I'm telling you that all of this, seven and a half grandbabies. Don't ask me why I said that. And there are times, I forgot my thought now. Got a lot of kids, but that wasn't going to be my thought. I wasn't going to stop at that. Hang on. Um. Let's move on. <laughs> That's a first for me right there, man. I mean, it's just like, where'd it go? Hey, it's over here. No, it's over here. Man, baby's right here. No, is it? Mm, no, it's not there. So I guess I'll just continue. <laughs> now that I speak respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in. I will be content. This verse is simply saying, I want what comes from God. No matter what the condition may appear to be, God, you're setting me up for something new. And in it, I shall be content. God, I know that it is uncomfortable, but yet I still trust in you because I believe that you are the answer to where I am. And he says, I speak not on the basis of what I want, but I speak from a new heart. A heart that has been changed. A heart that is truly been converted from the want of my flesh to the want of your spirit. Y'all with me? Now I'm going to get you where you live. Quit asking people for what only God can give you. 
looking for answers in people that cannot give you the answer when Jesus is the only answer. So Titus breaks this down in 2.1. He says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Speak word. Don't speak your own desire. Speak word, not what you want. Speak word. I like that. Because there are times when I don't have any words to describe the condition that I'm in. And sometimes I just have to stop and say, okay, I need to get some sound doctrine right now. Because I am out of my mind. I am going crazy. I'm fixing to lose it. I'm fixing to walk away from everything. I'm in flight mode. I'm going to leave my relationship, my marriage. I'm going to leave my kids. I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to go out and find me a place way up in the mountains and live like a hermit. I'm done. I'll live off the land. I'll fish all day long. I'll hunt all day long. And I don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah, you try that for two or three days. But looking for answers in people, they cannot give you answers. And he said, but speak thou the things which be sound doctrine. Speak word, not what you want. Learn to want sound doctrine. That's all you really need. Sound doctrine comes from a changed heart. You cannot teach and you cannot preach sound doctrine. So when you're trying to witness to your friends and you're trying to witness to your family, you can't speak sound doctrine until your heart is right. There are too many times we got people that intellectually understand the Word of God but don't have the heart for the Word of God. I'm preaching today. Sound doctrine comes from a changed heart. From my changed life, they will see Christ in me. That's why in Romans 15, 18, known, uh, known as Paul writing it, and I'm not sure, but he says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which... Uh, Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Notice what it says. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not put in me. That I make the Gentiles conform to a word or deed based on what I tell them they should do. He says, I'm not going to speak words that control the Gentiles. He said, I'm not going to try to get them to conform to what I think they should be. But I'm going to try to introduce them to Jesus. Where they have a changed heart. Where they have a desire to come to church. Where they have a desire to pray. Where they have a desire to give. They have a changed heart. A changed heart. changed heart. But how is this all going to happen? We start with speaking. And then when you begin to speak and your heart has been changed, we go to Romans 15, 19, and it says this. How is it going to happen? Through mighty signs and wonders. He stops for a moment. Brother Hawks and says, wait, I'm not going to say words where I control them. What is going to be a manifestation of a true demonstration of God in their lives is going to be right here. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, 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 not by the words of Paul that says, this is what you got to do, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all around about unto Lyricum, uh, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. He says, I have preached truth, not perception. You can go to a lot of churches, but don't ever go to a church that don't preach the truth. 
You ought to check in your spirit and you ought to study for yourself and you ought to find people that will tell you the truth rather than just go to a church because it is a big church and you get a lot of events that come from that church. I'm going to preach till I'm done. He said, through many signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and around about uh, 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 Lyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I, I want them to see Christ in me, not my words, the signs and wonders of his power, not, not what I tell them, serve me, serve me, worship me. And that's what we have done with a lot of speakers and preachers. But we're not to be worshipped. We're not to be the ones that you fear. What you ought to do is have a godly fear for him and not the ministry and not the church because you step out of line. Your disobedience is not to me. Your disobedience will be to Toward God. Love Him. Fall in love with Him. Get a changed heart. Y'all still with me? Mm, signs and wonders. Showing up in the church. Can I suggest to you today that the greatest miracle of all that the church can can uh, be obedient to so that the demonstration of God's Spirit is within that body is the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the greatest gift that man could ever have. If we don't see one person walk out of a wheelchair but see that person speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance and is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that ought to cause every one of us to shout with the glory of God. And the reason it ought to is it says that when one sinner comes to Christ, all of the angels, I wish all of the church would do what all of the angels are doing. I wish the church would get as excited about one person that gets the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we just come around here and say, man, glory to God. Look at that. Look at that. They got the Holy Ghost. And I'm not talking about counting numbers. I'm talking about a reality of people getting the true spirit of God in their lives. So Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. By the deeds of the law, by the actions of the law, by the lifestyle of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. It's because you can keep the laws of truth doesn't mean that it's going to be justified in his sight. Because God doesn't look at what you live like on the outside as much as he looks at how you live on the inside. Because if you live right on the inside, then you won't become a product of a hardened heart. But it will change you on the outside. Mm. Beware of false prophets. You're going to know them by their fruits. You're going to say, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Haven't we done great and wonderful works? Lord, you've done a lot of good things. But he says, no, 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 no. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. And then he says, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, all that the law can do is give you a knowledge what is right and wrong, but that don't change you. 
I can get up here and preach till I'm blue in the face and show you in Scripture what is right and what is wrong. But the problem is you can understand it and still not be changed. You can come to the house of God and say, wow, that was great preaching today and walk out the doors and still not be changed. He's not interested in you just understanding law because that's not going to be justified. What he is looking at is whether or not you're being changed. Whether or not you are receiving his word with sound doctrine. Because what he's saying is, is I must and you must have the power of Christ in us to find resolve to sin. Because listen to me very carefully. Law is the knowledge of sin, not the resolve of sin. Get what I just said. Law is the knowledge of sin, not the resolve of sin. May I please say that one more time. Law is the knowledge of sin, excuse me, and not the resolve of sin. Law is the knowledge of sin, but not the resolve of sin. Let's all stand. Some people live for the moment, but not for a forever change. Some people live only for the feel-good moment, but never go to the next step into a changed heart. So today, as I have spoken my heart, if you believe that you need to be changed, boy, I ought to have a big crowd there, down here at this altar today after saying what I'm going to say. If you really believe that you need to be changed, I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are come down to this altar and say Lord I felt something today but I'm not going to just stop at what I feel for you are drawing me to your spirit and you're bringing me beyond just the knowledge of what has been spoken but into a change of heart hallelujah hallelujah you want to just stay where you are some of you don't feel comfortable coming down we completely understand but I'm asking you to open your heart where you're at and let the Lord touch you fill you give you a demonstration of his spirit where he puts a new heart in you takes out the stony heart and puts a new heart in you